Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? How are you faring in the midst of virus jail? Well, <laughs> we're in it, aren't we? <laughs> it's, I don't know when the end is, but it doesn't seem to be in sight yet. This is uh, a special episode that I have today, and it's, it's interesting how things work out the way that they do, because when I spoke with Lorraine and we had our conversation and talked about what we wanted to talk about, we neither of us had any idea how timely this topic would be and really kind of recovering from career lows and multiple, you know, terminations, layoffs, firing, separations, whatever the case may be. And certainly a lot of you are going through that right now. So hopefully Lorraine's wisdom will speak to you in your current situation and be useful to you. So I want to welcome my guest, Lorraine Rice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Lorraine. Yes, thank you for having me, Lisa. I, I'm really excited. And yes, I agree. This is going to be a timely message. And I love that, that synchronicity. So I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. So tell us about your career story and kind of how you ended up being a coach. Yes, that, thank you. That is not something that I thought I would be when I first graduated college and went out into the working world. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I feel like I have kind of a non-linear career that really went in different directions than what I thought. And, um, and that's okay. I've really learned to embrace that. So I, I really started out thinking that I was going to go into nutrition and I got a degree in college in, in nutrition and thought maybe I'd be a dietitian. And uh, I had this love of health and, and, and fitness and, and, and helping other people as well. So that seemed like a natural track. And then um, very quickly after graduating, I just realized that wasn't the path for me. And I started to fall in love with business and, and, and kind of the corporate world and strengthening my business acumen and being a manager. And uh, eventually that led me to human resources. So I went back to school. I got a master's degree in human resources. And as we'll talk about, had a lot of bumps in the road on my career journey, a lot of um, layoffs and separations. Um, so I, I found that it, it was ended up being a really bumpy road throughout my 20s. And Eventually, I got to a point where I thought, you know what, this career that I set out for to climb the corporate ladder and be a manager and, and, and be a boss and, and this businesswoman, I, I love it, but it wasn't as satisfying to me as I thought. And there was a point about five years ago where I really thought hard about what do I love and what do I need out of my career? And it was helping other people, coaching, training, developing my employees. And I looked at how I had actually been doing that throughout my career, though coach wasn't my job title. But when I isolated really the heart of what I loved about my career and when I was the happiest, that was it. So I made a bold move to go out on my own and see um, what, I, what I could make out of that. And I, I kept my day job for a while, but I eventually was able to let that go. And now I'm the owner of Career Uprising and I do coaching, resume writing, and uh, really just full service career support. 
for folks who are going through transitions or don't know what they want to be when they grow up or facing any kind of career challenge. So that's very high level, but in a nutshell, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns in, in between to get there. But eventually it all led me to being an entrepreneur and being a life coach and a career coach. So here I am today and a podcast host myself. So <laughs> right. all kinds of things that I never thought I would be. <laughs> well, and I, I love what you said about, you know, you, you liked the track you were on. You didn't hate it. It wasn't a terrible fit, yeah. but you felt that there was this need for something more. And I, I am reminded for some reason of, of late with everything that's gone on in the world, I am reminded of my daughter. Stay with me on this one. There's relevance, I promise. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> my daughter, one of, she was a softball player all through school, played competitive softball and, and could have played the college level had she wanted to. She was very good. And one of her softball t-shirts, like they had extra t-shirts made up and it said, you know, good is the enemy of great, right? Which we, we've heard that saying before. And I think that that is a career killer for so many people. Like this is good and they let it be good enough. They think that because it's not terrible that they shouldn't look for something else. And I'm, mm -hmm. I've certainly experienced that with my clients and I'm sure you have too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think those are the folks that sometimes wake up at 45 or, or 50 years old and go, this doesn't suit me anymore. I've been doing this and I've been tolerating it and it's been okay, but I've never really dug deeper and asked questions about whether or not it, I really love it and it really serves me. And so I think that's why a lot of folks that I work with at that stage in their career start asking themselves those questions and, and really asking more out of themselves and their careers. And that's when they decide to change. So there's a, that mid-career, uh, career, mid-life career change is very common for, I think, what you just said. A lot of people kind of wake up to that. Absolutely. Definitely. So I know you've had a lot of, you know, sort of, as you said, the bumpy road when you were in your 20s. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit when we first uh, caught up with each other. But I want you to tell the listeners about your bumpy road in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go the way I thought. I actually spent, I feel like I spent the majority of my 20s job searching. And it was not because I was quitting. I, I've really never been, I think I've quit maybe two jobs in my entire career. Uh, one of them being when I was a teenager. <laughs> so that's really not something that I was expecting, but you know, there's so much, and this is where it gets so timely. There's so much uncertainty in the working world and in just in life, I think it's the cost of living, right? That we deal with uncertainty every day. And what happened was I just found myself the kind of the casualty of a lot of buyouts and layoffs, acquisitions. There were a number of startups that I worked out where they got bought or, you know, funding got tight, different things. And, you know, being in HR, you're redundant. <laughs> you're one of the first people to go usually when you're in HR. Um, so I just, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And I think I had um, five separations or layoffs of some kind in a period of seven years, which is just continuous. So I, it's, it's kind of no wonder I felt like I was constantly job searching. I think you um, were. <laughs> I was, yes, because I was. Um, so ironically, though, the, the silver lining, and there always is one, is that I got really good at it. 
I learned how to do it because it was a muscle that I had to flex, whether I wanted to or not. I was thrust into these situations where I had to find another job. And I have, I had a kid at home. She's still young, but she was definitely in daycare at, at that age. And I had student loans. And uh, I mean, I had a spouse, but I had to work. I didn't have income. I couldn't just sit around. <laughs> so there was a sense of urgency, certainly for me to produce and get back to work each time. So what I did was I took action. I took really aggressive action. When I look back and I think about, I still have some of my um, spreadsheets tracking my job searches from those days, which is really funny. Um, and I was, I mean, I would apply to so many jobs. I would hit the ground running and I, I just wouldn't let up. I truly treated it like my full-time job. And I think that I can attribute my success to that as well as a lot of other mindset things that we can get into as well. But, um, I think that you, you have to take aggressive action in life. It's not enough to think something. It's not enough to wish it. It's not enough to want it, deserve it. You have to follow it up with pretty massive action. And, and I did every time. So that's, that's really a, a big, big part of that. But yeah, I, uh, five and seven years, it was pretty crazy. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm thinking about myself in my 20s, and, and like most 20-somethings, I was yeah. you know, such a confused human being and such a shell of, of who I became. And I'm wondering, how did you not make that all mean something about yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like I, this is where I feel like I'm, I was always destined to be a coach in the sense, because I have always, and I mean always, since I was a teenager, had this spark of growth and self-development. It's always been something I've valued. And perhaps it was certainly something that I was nurtured. I have wonderful parents and a wonderful family. I'm lucky in that regard. Um, that I, you know, I, I really just, I, I believed in myself quite honestly. Maybe that came, comes naturally to me than um, it does some other people. I know there's a lot of clients out there. Everyone has different life circumstances that affect their self-confidence, but I, um, honestly remember saying to myself, whoever gets me next is going to be really lucky. I really believed in myself and I knew that it was not me. I think I was able to mentally separate a layoff or a reduction in force or something from me personally. You have to make that mental separation and go, this is circumstance. This is not me. I still believe in myself. This is not my fault. And you know what? Even if it was, even if you do something wrong, you got to forgive yourself and move on, right? You're still valuable to another employer. <laughs> Nothing takes away that baseline value that you have, that you have skills and you have talents. Nothing changes that. Uh, even if you get fired, nothing changes that. So that is a distinction I think that I had to make. And it was not always easy, but, but overall, I look back and I do, like you said, go, wow, I was able to do that in my 20s. <laughs> That's pretty good. And, and I can do it a lot better now, even better than I could then. But sometimes I think that when we're thrust into situations like that, it's sink or swim. And you, I, just, I just decided to swim, you know? So I, yeah, I separated that mentally and uh, still pushed forward and believed that I had 
value. And it was only a matter of time before somebody was going to hire me. I knew I wasn't going to be unemployed forever. I just knew I wasn't. That didn't make any sense to me. So I thought, well, I'm just going to keep going until I find the person that will hire me. And it does take a lot of strength to have that attitude. It's easier for some people than it is for others. But I really think that mindset is what drove a lot of my success, quite honestly. Well, and I love how clearly your mindset was was internal. It wasn't based on your circumstances because what I see with a lot of clients, and I'm sure you do with yours as well, is they start out very enthusiastic and all in about their job search, feeling very positive, and they allow the the inevitable rejections, the inevitable you know crickets, mm-hmm. um, the inevitable frustrations in the job search, the delays, all of that to make it mean something about themselves and they start they i've had so many people come up with stories which are so fascinating because when i dig into them and ask them you know how do you know this is true who said this to you who said you were too old who said you weren't Mm -hmm. qualified enough who said you were too qualified whatever their story is and never has anyone ever told them any of those things (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so um and you and i've talked about this before but you know kind of out of the universe of possibilities of things to decide to think about yourself why would that be the, the, the thought that you would hang on to. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Surely does not serve you at all. So I love that you really found some very positive thoughts about yourself and didn't allow the circumstances to change that. Yes, yes. And it's it's not easy to do. There were definitely frustrations and there were tears. There were times I can remember crying sometimes and being 25 years old and I didn't get the job after I interviewed and I thought I had done so well. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, I never really thought that it was because I wasn't going to get hired or I wasn't worthy. It, it was just that that wasn't the right opportunity, but that's okay to be frustrated at that. It's okay to be let down at, at you know, missing out on an opportunity or not getting a job or not hearing anything back. But there is a point where you say, okay, that's just because that's not the right opportunity for me. I'm going to keep going. I think when you, when you let it freeze you and stop your progress, that's when you're taking it on too much emotionally as, as part of your identity. So yeah, that's a really important distinction to make. And it's something some of us never learn or some of us learn later in life. And, and I'm still learning it to new levels. You know, there's always new levels of growth that I can get to with things like that. But um, yeah, that's what I had to do. <laughs> well, and I, I also see um, clients who are devastated by, you know, the job they knew they were going to get, um, or, you know, they thought that they were going to be able to stay in their, their old job and, and they, the firing came out of left field or, or whatever the circumstance was, they didn't see it coming. And I always tell them that, you know, nine months down the road or whatever period of time, you're going to be able to look back and see that that was exactly the way it was supposed to happen. And I've I've shared on this podcast an example of that back in the, oh gosh, when was it? Around 2000 and, I don't know, 11, 12, when I thought that I was going to be working for Royal Caribbean Airline, Uh uh, Royal Caribbean Cruises, and had five interviews with them, including they flew me down to Miami, and I was telling everybody I had the job on ship, and I was selling my stuff because I was going to be living on the ship. And then I didn't get the job and I thought it was the worst thing ever. And now it's the best (laughs) thing ever. It was the best, best, best thing. So I'm wondering if you can share a specific situation like that where it was really painful at the time, but you can, you know, you looked back some period of time later and saw that it was exactly the perfect thing to happen to you. Oh, 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a turning point in my career. One of those separations was a firing, the, the first and only time it had ever happened to me. And believe me, I, I, it, I never thought that that would ever, ever happen to me. I never expected to get knocked on my feet like that, that it was truly just a, a cultural mismatch. It was a job I never should have accepted. Uh, I did it very quickly because I was unemployed and I needed a job and it was the first offer that came along. And I thought, well, who do, who turns down a job offer, right? It's a job in my field. I'm, I'm unemployed. Yeah. Why, why would I not take it? But there were so many red flags. There was so much ambiguity. I wasn't as excited as I normally am to take a job. I was truly just going through the motions and stifling my, my intuition. And I can see it all so clearly now it's kind of like, duh, but I, I had to go through that. And it truly was the one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my career. It was the impetus for me starting my company. It was immediately after that happened, a fire was lit under me. And I said, never again. I'm not, not only am I never going through this again, I am going to help other people to never go through this kind of pain in their career and, and move past this. And it, it truly made me a coach. It did. That was when I, I started my company and I didn't look back at all. And I am so grateful for that experience. And it was a, it was a blow to the ego. It was, it really is, you know, but mm -hmm. not for very long, not for very long. I told myself very early on, I'm going to make something really beautiful out of this. I'm going to let this be fuel to my fire and I'm not going to waste any more time. And I started my company, registered the name, made a website. I mean, I started my company within a week. It was born, done. And I had, I think I had my first client within a couple of weeks and I've just, that's how it all started. Honestly, from a career crisis, the reason you and I are talking today and that I have my company was born from the worst career crisis I've ever had. So yeah, I, and truly, I think if I had not, if I had not been fired, I don't know how much longer I would have stayed. I, I probably would have stayed a while because I didn't feel, I felt too much guilt walking away. I had bills to pay. I had a kid in daycare. Um, my husband would have loved to have quit his job and walked away, but he was never able to do that. I felt way too much guilt to just walk away. I would have clung on. I realize now I wasn't going to let go until the universe forced me until a circumstance was created to make me leave. And I don't know if it could have been in any other way. And it's so beautiful now when I look back and I go, yeah, that's how it had to end. It could not have ended any other way, unfortunately, yeah. for where I my growth at the time. I needed, I needed to be knocked on my ass. <laughs> Quite honestly, I, I did. And I don't need to now because I've learned that lesson. But yeah, I, I, that hopefully that answers the question that comes to my mind is, is exactly what you're talking about. I love that because I think so many people think, you know, I shouldn't pass up this job. And I think there's going to be a lot of that going on in this job yes. market that we're facing now. And my rule of thumb that I tell clients, which usually gets them right in the correct frame of mind is I want you to be willing to not look at all for another job for one year. So if you can't, if you're thinking about this job offer and you're already thinking about, well, I'll take it, but I'm going to keep job searching. Don't do it. It does not serve you just because you're trying to pay a bill, it comes from a scarcity mindset. You're going to take time away from your job search because you're going to have a job that you're going to probably hate or not love. And you're not moving towards your career goal at all. It, none of it makes any sense. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it kind of reinforces that negative energy and mindset in your career. You know, I think the more that you're in a, in a job that you're misaligned with and don't like, the more it damages your self-confidence. And I think it inhibits your intuition and you, you keep making these poor choices, right? So it, it, it kind of reinforces that, that mindset a little bit and it makes it even harder. Now you can do it, you can move past it, but I see what you're saying definitely that I think it, it, it's, it's a disservice to you and it's kind of delaying the progress <laughs> a right. little bit just take another job that's more of the same thing yeah 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 so that's kind of the definition of insanity right i'm right. going to expect <laughs> yeah. different results and and the other thing is there's always that danger of becoming seen as a job hopper and i get that question a lot from clients and i always say you know if you have one short term situation in your in your work record then that's anomalous data right it's it's a little blip on the screen but we, mm -hmm. we have to be really careful if we do that twice in a row now we start to have a pattern. If that pattern mm -hmm. happens to be recent for you, like for those of you that are out of a job right now or will be out of a job because of, of the virus, maybe you took this job and the job before you didn't have for very long, so now you're going to have two short term. Um, you know, you just have to be careful about how that looks. Now, I always mm -hmm. tell people like back in 2008 and now again now, you sort of get a pass right now if you lost your job. Like everybody's going to understand I lost my job because of, of the virus, right? Everybody understood I lost the job because of the stock market crash. So you do have a little bit of, of flexibility, but you still want to be careful about accepting the first job that comes along without really thinking about, does this serve me? Am I going to be able to really get in there and, and contribute fully and be fully engaged with this job? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I, I did a, one of my first podcast episodes that I ever did was called setting an intention for your job search. And a lot of people might think, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds weird. What is that? Like who does that? But that's what it is. You need to put an intention and an energy out there before you start looking of how am I going to show up for this job? What am I looking for? What, what are my values? What will I take? What will I not take? You have to be thoughtful and intentional about each move. Otherwise you're just going to end up, like you said, with the definition of insanity, another job that, that you're just going to have to leave in six months because you didn't change your intention when you began looking for and attracting that work to you. Absolutely. I, and I've been preaching right now that your, if your goal on January 1st or earlier this year was to get a great new job, to find your dream job, however you were putting that intention out in the world, that has not changed. This is a mm -hmm. circumstance that's happening out in the world. You can't control it. You got nothing to do with it. However, you get total control over how you show up in your job search. And if you compromise your goal because of that circumstance, you're going to regret it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think all of those cliches that we all hear are becoming so true, right? <laughs> like it's not what happens to you. It's what you make of it. I find myself re repeating a lot of these cliches, but I'm like, you know what? There's a reason why we say these things. <laughs> right. Because they're true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what steps would you recommend for people who are going through layoffs, firings, um, and kind of the, I think there's also that unknown sort of piece right now about your career future. So you've got people who are working fewer hours, you've got people who have been laid off, terminated, whatever, and then there's, I'm sure, another wave of that that's going to come as this drags on. What steps can they take? I would recommend when you, when you have a separation, especially if it's a little bit, uh, you know, either traumatic or um, unpleasant or sudden or anything like, like this, whether it's due to the virus or, or any other situation, 
I think it's first, I do recommend people take just a little bit of a pause, okay, before you jump into your next job search, which I do want them to get active with and get on quickly, take a little bit of time for self-care to, I remember sometimes it took me a week to, to literally cleanse a job out of my system and stop thinking about it and dreaming about it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let yourself kind of separate and have a, a week or two weeks, whatever you need to just establish a self-care routine you know, take a breath a little bit, have a little bit of a pause. Not, we don't want to take a big six month break, but a pause in between. So you can stop, think, what do you want? Are you making a career change? Do you want something in the same, you know, line of work? Take a little bit of time to just settle into a routine, be at home, make sure you have a self-care routine. I do meditation, journaling, visualization, that there's a lot of things you can do, but, um, Take a little breather just for a little while in between jobs, but then I do recommend get to work, start that search. A lot of people, I have seen this happen where um, people will be like, oh, I'm going to take a break in between jobs. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. And they'll, they'll like, take a month. And then, and then that month becomes three or four or six months because they underestimate how long it's going to take them <laughs> to find that next position. So I do recommend finding balance in between taking a breather and having a little bit of time off, but get started, get, get that wheel in motion and, and, and get yourself engaged in that process uh, and stick to a schedule. Absolutely. Treat this at, like a job and find a balance between the job search and just enjoying some time at home and, and getting into an exercise routine, whatever you need to do for your mental health. It's really important to take care of your emotional and mental health during this time because it's a time of transition and everything is different. So it's like you were working full time and then boom, the very next day you're home and, and you're not working anymore and you need to nurture that transition a, a little bit. So um, take a quick pause, but, but then get to work <laughs> and, and, and don't, don't wait too long because sometimes, especially in this right now, we don't know how long a job search could take, right? It already could, it could take a couple of months, but now with the virus, it could take a little longer. So make sure that you are taking action steps pretty quickly, um, but with, with a thoughtful intention in there as well about what you're looking for and what you might want to be different in this next role. So you're, you're so much more generous with your, um, your pause time. I give them 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking one or two weeks tops, like at the most, I think, I think it varies <laughs> on the person, right? It depends on maybe the nature of the separation, sure. how they're handling it and things like that. Sure. Some people might be able to hit the ground running and, you know, but I just want to make sure they aren't rushing into something without thinking a little bit of, okay, do I want the same thing again? Or am I shooting for something different? You know? So, but that's funny. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Everyone's got a little bit of a different philosophy on that. <laughs> well, I give them 48 hours to grieve. Well, I think what happens, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I don't, I think that people don't, they don't think about the time that the job search is going to take. So when they're saying, you know, I'm going to take a month off. What they're really saying when you dig down is I want to start a new job in a month. Mm -hmm. And that's not how that works. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So I have to push that because I, I remember, and I talked about this on the podcast recently, but I had a client that I'm working with who had been laid off and she said, she's an older woman. And first she wanted to retire and she decided, no, I'm not going to retire. I want to work like a part-time job. And she said, I want, you know, I want to garden in the summer and the grandkids are going to be visiting me. And then I want to start a job search in the fall. And I said, well, when do you want to be working? She says, well, September. 
I said, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. So once I got, got her clear on that, it, it made so much more sense to her how she could do both over the summer. She can engage in a little bit of networking, you know, a little bit of seed planting, literally yes. and figuratively. And then yes. she would be, you know, if she wants to work, start working the Tuesday after Labor Day, she's going to be set to go, but not if she starts her job search the Tuesday after Labor Day. I agree. I agree. There's a, there's a balance to be found in there. Absolutely. And I like the way you put it, taking a little bit of time to grieve, because I do think it is important to acknowledge what just happened and not gloss over it. Right. Because <laughs> there, there's emotions attached. We get emotionally attached to our, our jobs, you know, whether, whether it's for better or for worse. <laughs> so absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I love these, these action steps. And I think I, I know what you mean when you talk about self-care. And I think you touched on that some, but I also see people confusing self-care with, you know, avoidance behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So what is, what isn't self-care in your opinion? Oh, what isn't self-care? Um, anything that is you not truly feeling and processing your emotions. And for some people that could be with food, it could be alcohol, it could be, or just avoiding the job search altogether and making excuses as to why you can't get it going. There's a lot of things we have to really be honest with ourselves and say, am I really feeling and acknowledging what is happening? Or am I, am I avoiding it in some way? Am I compensating it for in some way? It would be easy for some people to, especially now with the traumatic events that are going on, to fall into some self-destructive patterns or fall into a depression or anything like that or cope in unhealthy ways. So I think that it, you, know, you, you want to avoid anything that is not you truly looking at what just happened and, and, and feeling your emotions around that and being okay with them and moving through them rather than repressing them. So some positive things that I have found, everybody's different, but I find having some kind of silence or meditation, journaling, uh, anything like that to, to get feelings out, not keeping them in, you know, talking to other people, heck, go see a coach, go see a counselor, do whatever you need to do to fully feel and process what is happening. And, and I like to say too, sometimes the only way out is through, Yeah, <laughs> not around, not above, not below through, <laughs> go through what you're going through. It's going to be painful, but that's the fastest way to get and the healthiest way to get through it. And I think yeah, it's so important I, not to judge yourself when you yes. become aware of those emotions. And I'm, you know, I'm really, I feel, you know, maybe they have guilt about the thing that they did that caused them to be fired or that they think caused them to be fired, or maybe it's some, some other emotion that they're experiencing, but it's, it's so important not to then, okay, now I'm guilty, but now I'm going to judge myself for feeling guilty. So now I'm really high on <laughs> heaping it on myself. Because I can't you, win. Yeah. When you do that, if you think about it, you've just added a second negative emotion. So you already have this one negative emotion. Now, when you judge yourself for it, now you're, you've got a second one on top of that. Now you're feeling bad about two things, right? <laughs> so I think it's important to recognize that emotions are a choice. Every emotion you feel yes. is a choice, whether you feel good, whether you feel guilty, because we all respond to things differently. So how can that be then that it's not a choice? It, 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 I think it's proven, right? Because the right. fact that we're, we're all responding to the same circumstances differently. 
I was just going to say, I think it's really important and difficult for us to acknowledge that if I feel guilty about something, it's because I'm choosing to. If I feel yes. sad, if I feel depressed, it's because I'm choosing to. If I, and when I look back on my 20s, I chose to be happy. I chose to push through and feel like I was valuable and like I would find a job. I easily could have gone the other route, but it was a conscious choice to push through and not blame my bosses, not blame my circumstances and move forward. And it's a choice you have to make over and over again. You don't get to make it one time and you're done. No, no. <laughs> you continuously choose your emotions every single day, yes. no matter what's happening. And that has been, and will continue to be the lesson of our lives and of my life. I'm still learning that every day. I'm still learning that, but I know Absolutely. it's Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when I didn't get the Royal Caribbean job and I had sold so much of my stuff, I had to consciously decide, okay, this was meant to happen. That was all just stuff. I can replace stuff. And most of the stuff I didn't care that much about there for some reason is one vase that I'm, I'm still to this day, like, I can't, I got rid of that vase. It's such, it's so, it's funny to me now because I, I, I will think I will look in my, in my space and I'll be like, that vase would be great there if I had to sold it back in 2012 or whenever it was. But, but overall I had to make this decision that this is, this was for a reason. I thought I was going to get the job. I was acting in good faith. I sold a bunch of stuff and made a bunch of money and now I have money and it's all okay. It's nothing's gone wrong. Yes. Nothing's gone wrong. And, and, I, and I think you guys, that the message for you and whatever circumstance you're in related to the virus is nothing has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just gone in a different direction. It's just gone in a direction maybe you didn't anticipate. Absolutely. I, I did another podcast episode a while back called You've Never Made a Mistake in Your Life, saying that there are no mistakes. There's just mm -hmm. what you choose and then what happens next. <laughs> Quite well, honestly, right? There's what you choose and, and then what yep. happens next. And if you can move through that, you haven't made a mistake. Absolutely. And I know you're a, you're a fan of Brooke Castillo and I talk about her a lot on this podcast, yes. but she said something recently, and I don't know if it was on our podcast or in Self-Coaching Scholars, but she was talking about the fact that everybody's kind of freaking out because this, the future is so uncertain. And she's like, the future has always been completely uncertain. Yes. You yes, just thought you knew what was going to happen. Like, you know, if we look back to January, who knew, who was like, yep, for sure, March. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You live with uncertainty every day. It's nothing new. That is what people are really grappling with, not the virus. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They're yep. grappling with the uncertainty. And, and I do believe that any, any certainty you thought you had was an illusion. Yes. It was. It was a complete <laughs> illusion. And, and, and that sounds negative and, and kind no. of doomsday, but it's actually very empowering. You actually take your power back when you go, okay, I already know how to do this. I know how to get through uncertainty. I already do this every day. I'm a pro at it. <laughs> we all do this. So I'm not starting from scratch going, oh my gosh, how do I deal with coronavirus? Well, how do you deal with any other uncertainty in your life? How do you deal with any other setbacks? Every person who's been alive and made it thus far has had a setback or an uncertainty or a problem, right? We all have. Deal with it in the same way way. Uh, and so that's a message I'm trying to get out to people that, yes, maybe this virus is new, but uncertainty is not. And you know in your intuition how to respond to this. You've done it before. I love that message. I think it goes well with my message of your goal has not changed. <laughs> yes. Just how you get there may look different, but the goal yes. is still the goal. And don't let the circumstance derail you 
um, from your from your dreams. And if that dream is a brand new, uh, really dream job, then go for it. Don't let this circumstance change that. Well, where can listeners find out about you, Lorraine? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. So my, my website is careeruprising.com. Uh, as far as the socials go, I would definitely say LinkedIn is where I have the biggest presence. Um, so anyone would be welcome to connect or follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty active there. I am on Facebook as well. I can hardly really say I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I treat the socials a little bit differently, but LinkedIn is really where I'm at or or my website, and then my podcast also by the same name, Career Uprising as well. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and I hope that the listeners have taken away from your lessons in your 20s about the fact that these circumstances are, are just that. They are just circumstances, and how you respond to them, what you make them mean, will make all the difference in the experience of that circumstance. So Amen. thank you. <laughs> Amen, sister. Preach it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. As always, I want to be your career coach. So you've got my email address and my URL for my calendar uh, for my calendar in, in the show notes. You can always find me on LinkedIn. I play, Lorraine, I play full out on LinkedIn as well. Um, I, yeah. I am a LinkedIn expert and love helping people not only with how to have a great, what I call their house with great curb appeal on LinkedIn, which is their profile, but how to navigate around in the LinkedIn community yes. and how to be strategic about that. And, um, lots of lots of great info to share i'm very passionate about linkedin and as always you can find me on instagram at lisa.edwards and facebook at exclusive career coaching and i'll see you next week you've been listening to the exclusive career coach with lisa edwards ceo of exclusive career coaching it would be great if you would rate review and subscribe to this podcast also i want to be your career coach so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation Until next time.